It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 275 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out their August calendar for all their new fitness classes. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill. A lot of new stuff happening there, boys. New chef, new menu coming up. We'll have more on that as we go along down the road. Also, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And fellas, I mean, we've done it, man. We we got a pretty full docket. Jacobs Insurance Agency, they've joined us. They're going to be our sponsor for the Prep Spotlight. Uh, you know, Gary, Noah, the whole gang there. We're looking forward to it working with them and telling you all about their great stuff they have out there in the insurance industry. Uh, we want to definitely officially welcome them them oh, yeah. here to this podcast. I mean, when you think about 315, they're a perfect sponsor. They really are, uh, especially for the prop spotlight, like you mentioned, uh, or maybe you didn't, but uh, I'll mention it here. I mean, such a they care so much about, you know, your, your local prep sports, and, and they've always been big supporters of Corona Athletics, you know, whether it was when Noah and Ben were there running or now that Isaac is there. So uh, they're just the perfect sponsor for the spotlight. And I'm really happy to have them. Here. Absolutely. I bet, I bet Noah's going to want to come on in the prep spotlight and talk about, you know, Corona's track and field program, or maybe the cross country program, something like that. But That's a good Yeah, de- Definitely excited to have them on board. Absolutely. And we want to also welcome Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Uh, they work with us on closing my dad's house. We sold that. We signed the paperwork today. Corey just was outstanding. Uh, her staff is tremendous. The, the uh, signing off process was painless. And uh, we'll definitely be telling you more about what Corey and her group have to offer. Uh, you know, we talked about AZ Branding Solutions. We're going to have special guest Tony Nash of AZ joining us a little bit later on. But as we always tend to do, we try to get caught up on what we've been doing. And it's been a busy time, hasn't it, Jared? Yeah, it has. I got, I got two different parts of this catch-up. Let's start with the good. Or, or actually, I'll give you guys, what do you guys do? You guys want to start with the good or the bad? I'll, it's like kind of a pick-your-own-adventure. Let's start, uh, start with the bad. 
Yeah, that's what I would right, say. So, and, and on a high note. <laughs> so the bad. So we, as we know, um, you know, we have our big trip up to Black Lake every year, full family reunion. It went great. You know, no complaints really at all with the with the camping, with everything that happened there. Had an absolute downpour. The tent somehow managed <laughs> to survive through it with very minimal leakage. So I can't complain. As for the way home, so on the way up, so let me start at the very beginning. So on the way up, or basically let's take it back to last year. Last year, you know, we pack up the tent. It was a downpour. So I kind of slapped the tent together into my trunk, dirt all over it. Wasn't sure if I had all the stakes, all the poles that it needed. So I hadn't touched it since last year when I packed it up in the pouring rain. In, in a row, oh. I will add. So on the way up, I was kind of nervous. It was not going to be working well. So wow. I stopped up at my, my favorite store or was my favorite store. Um, Jay's Sporting Goods and got a got a tent for 140. Kept the receipt, kind of knowing like, hey, I'm gonna try setting up my old tent first. If it's if it's trash, then I'm gonna break this one out and I'll use this tent. Go through the whole weekend. Tent really had very minimal dirt on it, so just set it up. It was easy. Set up in about 15 minutes. So all right, whatever. On my way back, I'm gonna return this tent to Jay's Sporting Goods. So fast forward to the end of the weekend. I'm all the way back, just dog, dog tired. That week that week takes it out of you, man. Golf every day sun pool it's just you're dead tired you just want to get home so all the way home i stop off at jay's i walk in i return this uh tent you know i get there of course you know they kind of are questioning why i'm returning this tent you know six days after i had it i haven't opened it i came up with a lie that my parents surprised me with the tent um so that's what we went with i i even told them like yeah they even set it up for me right when i got there it was like, <laughs> you sold it so I saw that. So anyway, so they're kind of this lady's analyzing it. She brings over her coworker. She analyzes this again, tape full on this box. Has I haven't opened it? You know it's impossible to fit a tent back into a box once you open it, right? So I was like, yeah, I swear I haven't opened it. They they get on the phone with this other guy. Uh, I'm guessing their manager. Oh, is it okay if this guy returns the tent? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of standing there. It's awkward for a few minutes. Finally, after this, you know, five minutes of going through this whole process of just returning this tent, she says, okay, we're gonna let you return it. So um, they scan me in. Uh, I'm about to sign off on this signature, basically, just to get it put back onto my card. She goes, oh, yeah, this is going on your card, you know, 7553, right? I'm like, uh, that's not my card number. Um, so she goes, uh, well, are you sure it's not your card number? I'm like, yeah, it's not my card number. So I'm kind of like, basically, I already know it's not my credit card number either. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll check my credit card, make sure it's not that number. In the midst of me doing this, she also goes, oh, well, shoot, it went through. So... Ah. This card that was not my card just got this $150 refund. And I tell you what, you know how when you're in the grocery store or wherever and some customers like losing their mind and you look at that guy like they're like a they're a zoo animal, like you're a, you're a crazy person. I understand why sometimes. They treat you like you're an idiot. So because this lady, and this is my my theory, because this lady didn't want to go through the legwork to basically put in a new card number and all this, she just decided that while I'm looking through my wallet to force this transaction through to the point where now it's not been three days. I still haven't gotten a refund and I don't have a tent. So I lost my tent. I lost my refund. This random person just got a jolt of $150 into their account. One, how does this even happen where my card's not in the account? And two, I was just so goddamn close to kind of losing my losing my lid at this place. I literally kind of walked around for a few minutes, like in the gift shop area. And I was like, kind of unsure what to do. Like I knew I just got gypped, but I didn't know like how to further, further attack this situation without being that idiot that's caught on video on Snapchat, you know, losing right. his mind in the store. So I just, it just was a mind blowing encounter it all the way around. 
Uh, and But it, really what it taught me was, you know, we hear the sides of the story like Ted at South 401 Restaurant where he dinged the guy's car. We hear it from Ted's so- side of the story where <laughs> he dinged this guy's truck and this guy got out acting like a buffoon screaming at him. Well, we, the side of the story we probably didn't hear was that Ted slammed his truck, his car door against this guy's truck. And I just it think always comes how, back to Ted, doesn't it? It yeah. always comes well, back just, to Ted. I'm just saying, and I think of how you know we all the time see these kind of blow ups at the grocery store or wherever, and we always just assume that the customer is an idiot. No, sometimes the store treats you like you're three years old, right? Like literally thinking I was dumb that you just. I guess I just let it slide. I, it's just a, it's now it's just a phone call that has to be made at a later date to try to get my money back, and it just was an irritating encounter that almost pushed me to the brink of a blow up. Uh, so I just, again, great weekend. It just ended on a real sour note, uh, with me basically losing a tent and $150. Yeah. That, that is the thing you always think about sometimes with those Karen videos, you know, like, okay, well, what, what led up to this? Sometimes you can tell it, it is a legit Karen situation, but sometimes it's also like, okay, but why did this person blow up? Like what, what led to this? Because right. yeah, if the video would have started with you blowing up on the cashier, but it didn't show how they they gave the refund to the wrong credit card. Then it would have been like, okay, you didn't tell the whole story. Because yeah, that that would be worthy. I'm I'm very curious though, because usually when you do a return of that size, you have to present the card. They look at it. Sometimes they even ask for your ID. You have to yeah, you have to sign the receipt thing. I mean, it, it seems Something's like this not- is more on the cashier than you is is what I'm getting to. It seems like that was a, a mistake on their part. Yeah, and and I'm surprised because I've I've taken back things, you know, that have been opened already, and I just said, well, it isn't working or it isn't what I wanted. No problem. You know, I go to a Walmart, go to a Harbor Freight. Um, right. I can't believe that they questioned you first of all for that long in an unopened box. That's question number or that's concerning number one. Number two. There is no way I would have left that damn store without that being settled. Just no way. Yeah, I almost like, would have been to the point of like, well, then give me cash. Just, right. Just give me the cash. You and put we'll it on the it wrong good. card. Yeah. I need my money. Yeah. You guys void out that last return and just give me my money back. That's simple. <laughs> I know. I know that's probably what I should have done. But dude, I just it, I don't have it in me to do that whole back and forth right. blow up battle. It's like I just I just don't. If it was, a, you know, if I was, if it was a $10,000 transaction. Okay. $150, yes, is a lot, but what type of ass am I going to make of myself? But you don't have to. Or, sporting you don't goods? have to be an ass, Jared. Yeah, you don't have to be an ass, or at that point say, then I'll take the 10, because I, I didn't get my money back, so I'll take right. the 10. But you again, it kind of was like left in you open. leave there with a new 10. But it was kind of left in, in the like in the abyss, whether or not I got this return or not, because it's like, oh, of course it takes 10 <laughs> days for it to come through. You know, So it's like, I can't necessarily prove I'm not going to get it for 10 days to pass. I already know I'm not going to get it. I, it wasn't my card number. So right. it's like, but do you have paperwork? Again, her pushing her, forcing it through made everything 10 times more complicated. Wow. So, it, so someone out there checked their bank account. And went, yes. Yeah. Hey, what's this $150 for a tent? Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, and the last, the last piece of advice, I guess I would offer, I and mean, I know we're different personalities, but if you weren't getting satisfied by the stupid cashier, say, look, I'm not going to, I'm not blaming you. You're just the employee. Would you get your manager over here? Let's get this straightened out. And right. it's in that tone Listen, of voice. I've never called for a manager in my life. I and have again, many I, I know times. I'm the idiot in this situation. I just lost $150, but I just I don't know what it would take to bring me to that point. This wasn't it. It was close, but it wasn't. $10 I, is one thing. $150? Are you right. kidding me? 
See, now that that's part of the problem too. And this is getting into a whole other conversation and I'm not trying to be like, right. Oh, this generation, or, you know, nothing like that. But the whole, how you see so many of those Karen videos, like I mentioned, look at this Karen blowing up. It's made people like weary of doing what Ted just asked, asking for the manager, because you don't want to come off as that kind of customer. Like you almost have to tiptoe and be like, I'm not trying to be rude. Right. I'm trying to politely ask, can I just speak with your manager? You know, you almost have to like dance around it, walk on eggshells yeah. because you don't want to be recorded. Look at this idiot complaining, you know, whatever. Like you said, Jared, next thing you know, you're all over the social media and you're the idiot that everyone's talking about. But you now that that would have that would have warranted a hey, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. Can I just speak with your manager? I either want the tent or I want my money. Yeah. It's one or the other. <laughs> I, I will tell you guys, just I'll try to make this a quick story. I was on a vacation with my daughters and my wife to California. It was a final vacation with the family. And we traveled all the way to California. We had troubles with the rental car. It's like two o'clock in the morning, Michigan time. When I get to the hotel, I have a room reserved with two beds. You know, the two girls would sleep together, my wife and I. I go to the front desk. I say, okay, I'm here to check in. They said, okay. And they check me in. I, I go down to the room. Or no, I, I was still, I threw, I gave the key to the girls. They opened up the door. They said, there's one bed. I said, well, there's four of us. So I said to the person at the desk, I said, look, there must be some kind of mistake. This is on my credit card. This, I have a room with two beds. I'm sorry, sir. We're all sold out of those rooms. I said, okay, I'll work with you. Can you get me a, uh, a rollaway? Yeah. Oh, rollaways are all gone, sir. I said, <laughs> then I'm starting to, my, my blood pressure's picking up at this point. <laughs> and I said, look, there's something you got to do here. We got four people. We're not sleeping sideways on the bed, for God's sakes. And this person would not budge. They said, nope, that's your room. And then I just lost it. I completely lost it. I took my keys. I fired him down the hallway. I said, we're getting the F out of here. Let's go. And so, so the moral of the story is I wouldn't let it go. I, right. I contacted the hotel corporate and told them what happened. I ended up with $250 worth of room credit and future stays. So I wasn't going to let it go, nice. but it, you know, that time I did blow my lid. I have to right. admit it, but there, there was absolutely no, no satisfaction coming my way. Usually too, if you, if you call corporate or you call the, the number on the receipt, if you have a complaint, they'll hook you up with something unless you're being a complete jerk about it or whatever. I will say, I, I knew exactly what direction your story was going and I've <laughs> learned not, not necessarily the blow up, but that you guys were going to get screwed over out of your room. Mm -hmm. The amount of times that we're driving to Michigan or down to Florida, Tennessee, wherever we're driving and we stop like halfway and stay at a hotel, it's just become a habit of mine. Cause usually we're checking in 10 o'clock at night, nine, right. 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'll call either in the morning or the afternoon and confirm, Smart. even though I have the email, I have everything. I will call and say, Hey, we're not going to get there until a little later. I want to make sure that we have the room. So at least I have some sort of track record where they're telling me, yes, you have the room with two beds or you have the room right. with this and that. Cause I do not want to run into that situation where we end up with some ridiculous room and we're trying to smash all in there or something like good, that. Good, so. good policy. Well, Jared, you got something when you said positive, you might want to. Yeah. So what's the yeah. good thing? So at the very start of the trip, you know, I teased it last week. I was, I got the pleasure of playing uh, the Kingsley golf club in Traver just outside of Traverse city in Kingsley, Michigan, just magical, just a, a magical golf course. 
kind of unbe- like it just it, like I had my expect- expectations were sky high and it just exceeded them. I mean, you, you roll up to this course, it's very unassuming. You're on a dirt road for probably 10 minutes, you know, just where's this leading kind of in the middle of nowhere, going past these houses that are like shanties. You all of a sudden you pull up and there's a sign that says Kingsley Club. And all the signs at this place are like kind of like something you would see at like your local campground, like wooden signs with like hand painted notes on them. You know, it says Kingsley Club. So you pull up this hill. All of a sudden you get to the top of the hill, just looks over, just golf paradise. You know, this little clubhouse. They actually say it's kind of like a double, like basically it's a temporary clubhouse they built uh, when they were building the course. They just never really replaced it. It's called a golf club because basically it's not a country club. There's nothing else to do there but golf. Uh, and just everything about this course was just incredible. So it's a, it's a Mike DeVry design who famous course maker. I mean, have you ever been to gray walls in, in the UP or the mines or pilgrims run or Kingsley, you know, he's, he's designed them all. Uh, and so this is basically a lot of people basically say it's a top five course in you know, the state of Michigan. And I just have to say, man, it just was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I was playing with the funniest thing about it is I was playing with, three other guys that were all basically scratch golfers. You know, I got my buddy Cooper, who's the one that got me on. He shot a 75. Hmm. These two other guys I played, who shot a 66 and a 68. Whew. So, I mean, so it's just kind of funny as I'm playing this round, I'm like kind of nerved up the whole time. Like, these guys are so much better than me. You know, they would tee off on the tee, 300 dead straight, 300 dead straight, 300 dead straight. And since I got the lowest score in the last hole, I was always kind of bringing up the rear on the <laughs> tee box. And it's like, I'm just hitting it like 250, spray, spraying it all over the course. Uh, so it was just a lot of fun playing with those guys. Like I told him afterwards, like that's the best round of golf I've ever seen anybody in my entire life play. So it was just a ton of fun, man. It just, yeah. it totally reset my like barometer for what good, like incredible golf looks like. And I just don't know how a course could be nicer than that. It just was, everything was done right. They have these beautiful little like Shawshank redemption type stone walls over the entire course. You'll get a kick out of this tradition, Ted on the 18th, you walk up, you know, uh, Andy Dufresne style little yeah. mailbox in the in the stone wall you open it up every like I, i'm kind of pulling up to this 18th tee everyone's like you gotta go grab you gotta go open up that but mailbox you gotta go open up that mailbox first time players is tradition you gotta go open it I'm like what <laughs> what is gonna pop out of this thing <laughs> i'm like walking up to it I open it up big old thing of jameson gotta oh. take a big old rip of it <laughs> that's awesome so, it just it just was a magical round man i tell you what it's just the most fun i've ever had playing golf wow. uh just everything about this course was it was just so peaceful and and it, and because it's kind of this unknown course in traverse city kind of you know bfe michigan kingsley you know you your typical detroit you know oakland hills detroit golf club their member guests which is the big tournament every year for all their members have like 320 people playing in it kingsley has like 140 that's so awesome. it's just it's just it's just everything that's perfect about golf there's nobody there it's just it's a once in a lifetime you know golf round wow. so i just had to say thanks to my my buddy cooper for getting me out there it's a, definitely a round i'll never forget and for those wondering i did shoot at 85 but that was an 85 with three birdies so it's like it was just such an up and down roller coaster round uh but it was a lot of fun so, that's yeah. respect that's respectable when you're golfing no, with sure. golfers like that and sometimes yeah. you step up your game a little bit you must have felt that too didn't you yeah, it was like, I was like, well, so we kind of had this discussion after I was like, yeah, I, I felt like, so normally like, I mean, golf is such a mental sport, right? I feel like I play better when I'm the best guy in the group, you know, your right. confidence is high. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's when you're really rolling. But then my, my buddy was kind of arguing, you know, well, I play better when all these other guys in the group are, you know, better than me and kind of makes yeah, me step up game my up. game. And I, the way I explained it was like for a one-off match, me just randomly lining up with these, you know, basically pro golfers. I don't know if that necessarily benefited my game. Right. But I mean, my score was good and that was my goal is to yeah. break 85. So it just was, 
everything about that area is awesome. Uh, so just the fact there's this little hidden kind of gem of a golf course right right outside of Traverse City, it just it just it blew me away. Well, a few things. So uh, it makes me happy to hear because I saw the picture that you shared on Instagram. It makes me happy to hear that even. I mean, 85 is like, yeah, very respectable score for sure. But even if you didn't play, you know, as good as the guys you were playing with, you at least like soaked it in. We talked right. about that a week or two, a week or two ago on the pod. Like when you're playing golf and maybe if the round is a little frustrating, just enjoy being on a course like that, not at work, out enjoying nature and stuff like that. So it's good to hear that. Um, Northern Michigan, you always hear, not even just Northern Michigan, Michigan altogether is like a sleeper for golf courses and you know way more than me jared but like i talk to people down here and you know they talk about obviously the carolinas and you know you go down maybe into florida but they talk about you know myrtle beach area charleston area some of the best courses you know around and i'm always like i know i didn't get huge into golf when i lived in michigan but you know i know a decent amount about it and they're like michigan has you know quite a few golf courses right like almost like in a condescending way and I, I gotta be like, honestly, like Michigan probably has some of the best courses in the country. You just got to go at the right time of year. You know, you're not going to go like Carolinas. Right. You can basically golf year year round. Can't do that in Michigan. Obviously you don't really want to go at the beginning of the season. Cause maybe they don't have it up to speed yet, you know? So you got to kind of time it out. So um, that like you talking about that makes me want to be like, I want to try and figure out a way to go. So that was going to be my question. Yeah. How far in advance did they have to make the tea time? Is it one of those? Well, there's not really make, like, tea time, six but months? Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, it's not really tea time because my buddy is, you know, he's a pro there. So he was kind of oh. able. And, and like I said, there's so there's so minimal amount of people there. There's really not tea times. No kidding. You know, it's like you just like I said, we, we were probably one of three groups on the course. Whoa. Uh, it's it's Ted. Ted's about to dust the clubs up and maybe drive up there. so nobody can watch me hit it. You know, and, and I just like the way these this course plays, man. It's like so. It, it, you know, every a lot of courses say every hole is a signature hole. That was what this place was. Yeah. It was, you know, a lot of the holes have, you know, the elevated kind of like rough around them with bunkers. And so, like, there's, there's watching them play this course was like a treat, man. They're, they're hitting balls like at the top of this hill, having it trickle down, you know, to like three feet by the hole. Like, they're just playing it off the all these hills and link style holes. It, it just was. Just an unbelievable course. Makes me wonder, like, what it'd be like stepping on like an Augusta or something wow. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I just can't imagine a course being better. <laughs> but obviously, there are better courses out there. But it, I just can't picture it, man. I got to see it to believe it. That's a perfect day. Well, you know, before we move on and talk a little sports, I do want to briefly chat about my vacation last week. I started it on Tuesday. Uh, you guys will laugh at this. You know, I'm a big Queen guy. I mean, I saw Freddie Mercury and Queen, Adam Lambert, obviously actually checked out, and you've heard me talk about it before, the Clio Amphitheater. They had a tribute band called Simply Queen. And, I mean, it blew me away. The place was wow. packed, you know, and this group, you know, they did a total takeoff on Queen. They had the Freddie Mercury character, the lead singer. They had Brian May. I was I was stunned. It was, it was really, really good. And the best part of it, you know, we talked about Ed Sheeran and and Taylor Swift and, you know, and the price of tickets was five bucks to get in and listen to a <laughs> night of good music, you know, queen, they played all the hits yeah, where they were they as quality as the real group. Of course not, but they were damn good. You know, I mean, it was, it was good music. So that's how I started off the trip. Well, real quick, I just one quick comment on that. Yeah. To, be a, to be a queen cover band, you mm -hmm. know, you got to at least be pretty good. Yeah. yeah you, you, you can't you fake Freddie Mercury. Too. 
Yeah, and their music is it, it's tough to play. It right, is, yeah. you know. And they they covered all the songs I wanted to hear. My favorite Queen song, other than Bohemian Rhapsody, is a song called Thirty Nine. And damn it, they played it. I nice. so I they, they were I was in heaven just after hearing my song. So that was great. <laughs> now think about this. Jared Jared went up north with the family. They do his internal family. They go up every every year, kind of together, and do a lot of stuff. I went up on Thursday. Went to Petoskey, had dinner with my sister and her husband at Petoskey Brewing. After that, went to Harbor Springs, checked out the Regatta Festival. Harbor Springs, you know, there's a lot of money in that town, but that oh, is yeah. a cool town. Uh, they had we they had music street street musicians up there for that weekend, so we saw some of that. We had sunset at the Petoskey Ball Field, you know, as we're cruising down so the cool. hill, uh, yeah. and then saw a late showing of Barbie. More on that. Yes entertainment so that's how it started then we then we went up you know did our thing the next day before we got to black lake and have you ever heard of tunnel of trees yeah there's a road that just winds from harbor springs up to cross village i don't know if you ever done it but it is unbelievable i mean the trees are thick as can be and this little two-lane road just winding through this area mansions all along the way it was just the coolest thing and i can't believe uh, all my years in Michigan, I had never right. done that. You know, and you talked about Michigan for golf, man, up North Michigan, there's nothing like it. Can't it's beat just it. heaven. It really, yeah, you can't is. beat it this, this time of year. You really can't beat it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we went from cross village to Sturgeon Bay beach. Um, <laughs> we came across just out of the blue, this little area called bliss. And it was kind of bliss polo. There was a polo match going on. <laughs> think about that. I got I got a quick video clip I'll post on our site. Have you ever seen polo live? It's amazing. Like you're saying like on the horses and everything? On the like... horses, man. These horses, you know, and they're clomping, 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 clomping. And they're That's playing, awesome. you know, it's like they're playing hockey on horses. Yeah. The rules are they ride the horses for three minutes. They take them out. They bring fresh horses in because they're going full bore. It was amazing. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen live. I've I've seen polo like on TV, but I've not never in person, and never would expect it to be in in, in Michigan. Bliss, Michigan. I know. Right. Then of course, you know, we had our onaway thing. We won't get into all our stories. We always have a great time with, with the family. You know how that is. Yeah. And then we finished it up, my family anyway, on Sunday at Mackinac Island. And let me tell you, it's been a long time since I've been there. I was one tired soldier. About twenty three thousand steps later. <laughs> By the time I got to the hotel, man, I was out like a light. So, yeah, if you don't fun. if you don't rent the bike or do some of that other stuff, if you're walking the whole time, that's a day. That's a right. long day. Well, to, and to cap it off, we get home. I have a bunch of newspapers. I didn't hold my papers this time. I reach into the mailbox. I got my newspapers. And got stung by a hornet. Oh, <laughs> that's boy. how my trip ended. So, <laughs> so you you and Jared both both the the vacations kind of end on a little bit of a sour note. <laughs> That's right. A little bit different. I don't. I mean, I tell you what. If you had one hundred fifty dollars in one hand, or you got a big old hornet that's going to sting it, I might have said, "I'll pay the one hundred fifty dollars." I'll take the hundred fifty any day of the week. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> little bite on my knuckle, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> that was right as you're pulling into the driveway, right? Right as I pulled in home. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, hey guys, I got to bring you back to reality, really. That's for sure. Before we get into a little sports talk, or are we are we having sports talk? We're we gonna have Tony on next. I think we were going to go to our good chat with Tony. All right. Well, before we get to Tony, we've got to talk about 
couple sponsors you guys jump in here again officially we want to welcome jacobs insurance agency they've been serving shiawassee county in the surrounding area since 1977 just like three-point podcast they've had three generations gary jacobs senior gary jacobs the second brian jacobs and now noah jacobs working for you i mean can you believe it jared i mean you're a working man now at valley can you believe noah Went to Wisconsin, you know, runner up there, a standout runner at Wisconsin, obviously was at Corona, and now in the insurance biz, uh, you know, working with the family. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, really. I mean, anytime you're able to work with family, I mean, and I, I love our area. You know, we all talk about how much we love our hometown. So anytime you get to stay there and, and set up some roots, man, that's awesome. And I'll just say this real quick before you continue to read, Ted. Yeah, yeah. I uh, So I remember, it's just a quick real side tangent story, but it, uh, it's about Jacob's insurance. So I remember when I moved into my apartment, uh, my very first apartment with me and my roommate, you know, two years ago, I remember I showed up to sign off on it. And they said, uh, do you have renter's insurance? Uh, I said, uh, no, was I supposed to? Uh, yeah, we can't sign this over to you until you have renter's insurance. I kid you not within 30 minutes, I had renter's insurance. Uh, thanks to our good buddies at Jacob's insurance. So just a quick shout out, just shows how quickly they are to able to help you, you know, when you're in a bind, which I definitely was that day. No, well, Jacob, yeah, we, go ahead. mentioned earlier, we're, we're excited to have them on board, but you know, I think it's a cool thing that we do. I mean, have some local partners that hopefully we can help get the word out. I know Noah kind of joked that all of a sudden they're going to have a spike in clients because they're hopping on board with <laughs> it's us. A slow yeah. climb, slow I, climb, Noah. Honestly, hopefully we can, you know, whether yeah. it's through social media shares or even the, the, you know, shout outs on the podcast, hopefully maybe like Jared's situation that he just said, someone's listening to us or whatever. And they say, actually, you know what? I need I need some insurance. Let me give this Jacobs insurance a call. So All right. now we're, we're pumped to have them on. You know, we normally don't have this long of commercial reads, but uh, when we bring on new partners, we got to bring them on right. You know, they, they not only have an office in Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot, but they also have an office down in Waterford. Stop on in, go online. You know, everybody goes online to find out more information. That's jacobsinsurance.com. Can't forget that, jacobsinsurance.com. Get a quote, get your question answered by one of their industry pros. You know, insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. And they take care of Jared, right? Oh, yeah. Amen. And they do also, the same for you. Absolutely. We also want to, again, officially welcome Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. They are now the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal and excellent service in real estate and sales since 2004. As I mentioned, you know, they helped us out with the sale of my parents' house. Uh, very, very professional. You know, we got uh, multiple offers for over what we were asking. So uh, they did the job right and everything went really smoothly at closing, ironically enough, today. What was that like, uh, saying goodbye uh, to the old yeah. place since 1964? Yeah, it was uh, it, it was tough. You know, Matt, mm -hmm. you went through it. You know, it was tough. We we had a final get-together there. We had a pizza party last night, just the five siblings. You know, three of them stayed overnight, you know, That's one cool. final time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I, I didn't. Your dad, your dad didn't, and I went home too. But uh, you know, we finished it off this morning, loading up the final few boxes there, and and said goodbye. And it, it was bittersweet for sure when you think about it. Almost uh, sixty years in one house, and man, you know, growing up in the '60s, boys, right across from Louise Peacock, the football field. I mean, you couldn't have it much better than that if you're going to be in sports. It was it was tremendous. That is cool. And yeah, I did, you know, so Corey, Corey Shook's team helped sell my parents' house, the, the house that I grew up um, in, in Owasso on East Grand River there. 
Um, so yeah, we know that they do good work. We see their signs all over the place in Shiawassee oh, yeah. County, just like the Woodworths and you know Success Group Mortgage. All of them. it seems like you see see their signage everywhere. But yeah, that yeah, getting. I was gonna tell you, I, I saw your post on Facebook, you know, with your siblings mm-hmm. at at the house um, right before we started recording, and it is. I, I've I've seen some other friends go through the same thing: parents selling their childhood home. You don't think that you know? You, you kind of think it's just a house. Yeah, you know, no big deal, but. I remember that last time I was I was there before they they officially got rid of the house. And it is kind of an emotional thing. You know, it is. The, the first time I went back home, back, you know, to Owasso and I didn't go to that house. It was a little strange, you know, because usually that's where I would stay or, you know, my family now married. You know, we would usually stay there sometimes. And now we just got to figure out other stuff to do. Luckily, we still have family in the area. So we have places to stay. But yeah, yeah again, was- excited to have Corey and her team on, too. Absolutely. If you want more information, definitely you can stop in their office on West Exchange Street in Owasso. Uh, get more info online at coreyshook.com. Or I think the, the coolest place to follow what they got going on is uh, Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor, and you can get all more details. So we definitely want to thank them for participating and uh, joining our team for the next year. And uh, we'll be telling you more about them as we go along. And we'll have special guest Tony Nash of AZ Branding Solutions coming up right after this. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center was recently voted the best fitness facility in mid-Michigan. If you haven't experienced the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center yet, what are you waiting for? Included with your membership is use of the locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise gym featuring treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. Also included with your membership is the use of the SkyTrack for walking, jogging, and great views of the entire Memorial Campus and surrounding area. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at the flat rate of 150 bucks. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. For more details, follow and like on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Well, next up on the podcast, really excited to have uh, not only one of our partners, but a guy that uh, is really an entrepreneur in the Owasso and Shiawassee County area, Tony Nash, uh, the owner of AZ Business Solutions. And uh, Tony, first of all, welcome. You're a podcasting veteran. I mean, you have your own podcast. You're a guest on other things. We appreciate you taking time out to join us here. Yeah, man, we appreciate you having me. We love uh, what you guys are doing there. Uh, Glad to be a part of it. And thank you for having me as a guest. Well, I'm going to start this off with a just a business question because we've had Randy Woodworth on. I've been following a lot of uh, what AZ has been doing since you took over, and uh, man, you're you're just killing it out there with different media. Uh, you you know, just tell us a little bit about uh, where you started and uh, where we're at right now. Yeah, so I mean, I have a background in hospitality. Actually, I ran hotels for ten years. Uh, and, you know, hotels is a 24-7 business. I have a large family, six kids, and it just took wow. me away. I enjoyed the business, but it took me away from my family a lot. So back in 2014, 2015, I started to think about what could I do, you know, 
for myself? What's something that I could do? And I knew that I understood how to grow a brand. And uh, so I jumped out, you know, and uh, started a business called AZ Business Solutions. And uh, the motto was growing your brand from A to Z. The idea was to partner with companies that were really serious about taking their brand to new heights, whether that be through their website, through their social media, through some video, um, whatever we could do to help. And at the beginning, man, we were offering everything. Um, but, you know, we've kind of niched down to what we really are good at, and that is branding. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we had the opportunity to buy a, a hankered sportswear. So we were able to add the kind of that uh, new layer of services to our um, our portfolio. So now another way we can help people grow their brand is, you know, through apparel um, so that, you know, they can wear their merch proudly and get people to talk about it. Of course, we've done a lot of merch for you guys, which we love doing. I love your guys' logo. Uh, we did a pretty sweet bag for you last week on your trip. That turned out really cool. That's one um, of them, but I got a different one, boys. Yeah. <laughs> He gets everything yes. embroidered. <laughs> so we actually recently have rebranded ourselves. Uh, you know, we found that having AZ Business Solutions and AZ Printing Solutions, it was kind of confusing people as like it's two separate businesses. So mm -hmm. we recently kind of rebranded ourselves to AZ Branding Solutions. Really what we're doing is we're, we're growing brands. And so people that are serious about that and, and understand the power of a good brand, that's who we like to work with and help them uh, and however we can. That's cool. And I mean, Ted kind of set it up. Um, we've had Randy Woodworth on who obviously yeah, Randy's is, off. Yeah. He's, he's all over Owasso. Yes, um, he another is. awesome partner that we have is his brother, Jim Woodworth and, and his, uh, his business success group mortgage and servicing another great partner for three point podcast. So, you know, we, we love having you guys on board too, but speaking awesome. of Randy, I, I saw earlier, he's got it. He has his own podcast, first gen wealth. I saw you were uh, a guest on his his podcast. Was that today <laughs> yes, or I recently? Was. That was today. Um, okay. yeah, we actually helped produce that for them. We actually produce about nine podcasts, I think, in on total. And uh, been talking to Randy about it for a long time. He was actually the one that inspired me to start my podcast. He said he was getting ready to start one, uh, but it took him a little longer. But we got him going, and he's killing it, man. He's getting really good traction on it, and. Uh, yeah, he beat me up a little bit today about not diversifying my investments a little bit more, but we had a, we had a good time. Yeah, and, we had uh, a pretty yeah. good conversation with him. He was basically trying to convince Jared to buy every open yeah, spot in Owasso and start his own like townhouse commercial business. <laughs> that's Randy. That's Randy. Yeah. So, so he basically his plan was to bring me on and publicly humiliate me as to why I haven't jumped in yet. But <laughs> I was going to ask. But this, I, 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 watched, I watched a little clip. Um, and I saw something that you guys were talking about how, and I, I've seen people talk about this before, that most podcasts, one, the, the first step is starting it. A lot of people say, I've got this great idea for a podcast. I've, you know, me and my friends talk about this, or we've got this great idea, you know, whatever, we want to start a podcast. The first step is actually doing it. The yep. second step is keeping it going and putting out consistent content. And I, I heard you guys rattle off the numbers that X amount drop off after this much, X amount drop off after this much, and only so many, a very small amount, keep it going after, you know, 20, 30, 40 episodes. We're on episode yeah. 275. Wow, that's so incredible. As someone that's that, awesome, so, so as someone that, you know, helps people out with their branding, how are we doing? <laughs> I, well, that, and that's killer. You guys got to be in the top 5%, I would think, of number of episodes <laughs> produced. Um, that's incredible. We, um, yeah, I think it's 90% don't make it past episode three, you know, once they realize oh, this is a lot of work and I got to do this every single week or day or however often they do it. Um, but yeah, two, you said 270 something? 275. 275 is our yeah, official episode 275. We've done other, 
um, like special episodes and stuff like that. So yeah. not to yeah, pat ourselves on the back, but no, one thing that's, that's been good about our podcast is putting out consistent content. This isn't just a question to like make ourselves feel good. No, no, gonna, it's a good I actually though. have a question for you. Okay. What's the challenge for people in today's day and age where damn near everyone has a podcast Everyone has a website. Everyone has a blog. Everyone has something where they're putting mm-hmm. out some sort of content. What's the challenge that you talk to your guys' clients about actually doing something unique and that like, people are going to come back to and listen to or well, read or number, whatever it is? Yeah, number one, it's trendy. So, you know, the cool thing to start a podcast or start a blog, like you said, everybody's trying to do something. Uh, the good news is a lot of people, I don't know if it's good news, but in terms of com- com- uh, competition, a lot of people drop off. You know, I think this, if you're going to do a podcast that is going to last and that's going to get traction and it takes time to build an audience. I mean, I've done 107, 108 episodes myself and, you know, we average between five and 20,000 views per episode. And that's locally like we're not we're not reaching much outside of Shiawassee County, which is fine because we wanted it to be a local podcast. Um However, I think that if you're going to stick with it, number one, you got to do talk about something you enjoy. Yeah, it's got to be something that you're really passionate about, really enjoy because because it'll get become work after a while and you just quit. And then I think you have to, you know, clearly define what you want to get out of your podcast. Like, do I want to do this to make money? Do I want to do this because I enjoy talking with people? Do I want to do this to market my own company? Like for us, it's a marketing tool to meet other business owners and allow them to tell their story. So like if I was just looking at my podcast from a pure monetization standpoint, I'd be like, man, this is a lot of work for, you know, we're not really monetizing it that much right now. However, uh, my main objective was to get new clients, to introduce people to what I do, bring them into my space, talk about their business, give them an opportunity to win in their own community. And man, that has given me so much opportunity for new business. And so in, in terms of that, We've been extremely successful, but if you measure it against somebody else that's going viral every week and they're making, you know, $50,000 a month in, you know, ad revenue, then you think, wow, it's not good. So I think number one, talk, talk about something that you really like that you can talk about it all the time, even in your sleep. And then number two, make sure you clearly define the goal for it. Like, what am I trying to do here? That way, when it becomes work, you, you can stay on track and realize you, you're, whether or not you're meeting your objectives. Yeah. I have a question in regards to kind of your embroidery uh, business. So I mentioned how Ted gets everything embroidered. He um, does. This weekend, he literally had a couple of lawn chairs that had the Three Point Podcast <laughs> logo on it. I've been challenging <laughs> to him. He understands his brand. Yeah. In, right. in a similar vein, what's some of the what's maybe the weirdest thing uh, you ever had to put a logo on? Oh man, lawn, lawn chairs great... has to be up there. <laughs> up there. No, I mean we've had some weird things. That's that's a that's a. That's a good question. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of what is something that's very odd. We, we had to uh, embroider a Speedo oh, for somebody on the, on the rear. This was actually for Casey Lambert, our own sales oh, yeah. and marketing. I was going to say, ran. hopefully that wasn't for Ted. We don't want to see that. No. no. <laughs> I won't tell him about that, Ted. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, he ran for Mr. Watson to have a swimsuit competition, and he literally nice. wanted to wear a Speedo. So he had us embroider his logo on the back and yeah, and then we got to see it up close and personal. Yep. It wasn't the, the <laughs> finest moment of our lives, but yeah, I mean, people bring all kinds of things in. Um, you know, doing you know certain things, just we can't get them in our machine. Right. But 
Right. Yeah, that had to be uh, be a strange one. T- Ted's bag last week was a was a challenge for sure because it had wheels on it, so it was heavy. You had to kind of hold it while it was being embroidered, and but we got it done. Yep. You'll be seeing that out in public at some football games coming up this yes. winter. So wow. yeah, we'll, we'll have it out there. Hey, you talked about guys. you talked about Casey. Um, you know, he's one of your one of your staff, right? He's he's working with you. Yeah. T- tell us yep. about some of the other people because I know you got a pretty impressive array of local people. Uh, you know, helping out. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this all the time, and, and again, not to this isn't to brag on us, but I think our community is really lucky to have the collection of talent that we have right here. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have filmmakers, we have uh, web designers, we have graphic designers, we have social media experts. Um, you know, we have a screen printer that's been in the business for almost a decade, uh, embroiderers that have been doing it for a while, great customer service people. And then, of course, Casey is just Mr. Personality. He's our director of sales and marketing. He's brought a lot of new energy to the place and uh, does a lot of great PR for us. So um, the talent that we've accumulated, I always say we're like the Avengers. You know, I'm Nick Fury. And uh, we got our we got our group of Avengers that, you know, I think that for a community our size to have access to a team of people like that, that really can sit down with you, hear what you're trying to do and and, and uh, come up with great resources to help you grow. Uh, it's not something a lot of communities our size have. And uh, I'm really proud of the talent we have. And we're getting ready to bring on another girl who's just homegrown, but she's been working uh, in Midland for uh, the last eight years for a marketing company and been following us on social media. And she reached out and was like, I just want to work for you guys. And she's an incredible talent, um, you know, video filmmaker and web designer. So yeah, we're excited about that. We're excited. We love the team that we have. You maybe don't want to give away all your, all your tricks, but what, when, when you have a lot of these new customers coming to you, you know, open to grow their brand, what's one of the, maybe the most obvious mistakes a lot of these people are kind of making. Well, I think, you know, people understanding what a brand is, you know, initially, like there's a lot of people that just assume, well, my brand is my logo. So as long as I have a good logo, I'm all set. And I would say, you know, it's amazing to me how many people have never really sat down and thought about what is my brand? What do I represent? What are my brand values? What are the things we place a high value on? What are the promises we're making to our customers? What are the things we know we can deliver on? And so I've seen so many businesses that have great products, great services, and all these things to offer, but have no idea how to brand it or market it or get it out to the market. And really, that's what branding is. It's about um, putting out something that's consistent, that people know what to expect. You know, when they see the golden arches, they know what they're going to get no matter where they go in. You know, a cheap burger, fast, uh, you know, no fuss, and it's not going to taste that great. But at least they know what they're getting because it's a brand that's established. Um, and so it's important, especially with a small business, that you know, taking that great product, that great service and figuring out what does it represent? How is it going to make people comfortable to buy it? And so I think the biggest mistake people make is um, they don't really take the time to think through their brand and they'll come to someone like us and they'll just say, I don't want to think about this stuff. I want you guys to help me come up with something. And I always tell them like, we really want to work with people that want to sit down and think about it. We'll help guide you through the process. But if you're not willing to take time and think about what it means to you, you're not going to succeed because if it doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to anyone else. Yeah. It's kind of back to the, if you're going to start a podcast and you just want to be Instagram famous, it's not going to last very long because you're not going to be no. passionate or whatever about, you know, what you're talking exactly. about. It'll get old yeah. very quickly. It I think that's something, again, not, not to pat us on the back or whatever, but I think it's something because I've gotten feedback. I know every, the other guys have too about our podcast we have a unique formula where 
not only are we all from the same hometown, so, you know, obviously also family over there, but, you know, we all yeah. kind of understand each other pretty well, but we're coming at things from three different generations, you know, yeah. whether it's talking about the Lions or Michigan, Michigan State football or movies, TV shows, you know, whatever. We talk about things that we all enjoy to talk about. We always say yeah. 20, 30 minutes, let's keep it tight. Hour and a half, <laughs> two hours later, we're still talking and we're like, all right, we got to we got to cut this thing off. So we have You're a unique choir there. Yeah, we all we all enjoy talking to each other and talking about what, you know, whatever the topic is. So I think it's something kind of what you hit on earlier. You know, you got to be consistent and you got to have something that's unique because anymore people just see everyone who's going viral with a with a podcast or their Instagram brand or whatever it is and they just want to be that. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm curious what you guys do. I mean, you kind of explained it right there. People don't come to you and just say like yeah. Hey, give me a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. It's kind of got to be like, all right, but what are you going to do to do it? Because anymore, I mean, it's different from even when I was growing up. I mean, definitely from when Ted was, hey, no. even from when Jared was growing up, everyone wants to be, use their Twitter, use their Instagram, use their, you know, YouTube channel, you know, whatever it is to get famous. What's the biggest challenge, I guess, to get people to really buy in and put the work in to, you know, like you said, yeah. either if they want to monetize it or if they just want to get a good following or something. Well, you know, reality is number one. Yeah. You know, the the viral Not every podcast over... is going to be Joe Rogan's podcast, but you know, like just <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only one, right? There's right. only one. So uh, the viral overnight sensation is a thing, but it's extremely rare. Right. You know, people have to understand that yes, you can do that. It could happen. But if that's where you're starting as a, as a goal, like you're going to be so disappointed because yeah. really, I mean, it, it comes from years and years of just hard work, perseverance, dedication, doing something that you believe in. And again, clearly defining like this is my objective for the podcast. Right. And if your objective is to get famous and really be out there, there's nothing wrong with that. But then that takes constant content that takes four or five times a day, you're putting something out there that people can see and then looking at your analytics and doing different things and trying new things and reaching out to influencers and celebrities and trying to get them to contribute or sponsor or take two minutes and say something on my show. And it just is a grind. It takes work. And, and a lot of these people, even that you see, you would consider to be an overnight success. You just didn't see the 10 years they put in before that because right. nobody saw it, right? They were just like the no easy way out podcast mine. Like, only people from, you know, Shiawassee County really have seen it consistently. And so, you know, if I somehow blew up, there's 110 episodes that most people have never seen or heard of me, but I've been grinding it for all that time. And, you know, I think that especially, you know, Gen Z, they're, they're, they set themselves up for disappointment because they really, really focus on that likes, follows, how many subscribers, instead of just doing something they're passionate about and, and being committed to it. I think people, listeners want to hear people talking about things that are real to them and not just kind of a gimmick to get, you know, views and followers because that doesn't work for a very long time. And even right. if you think about the people out there that have made it overnight, if their success lasted, if it went beyond the overnight success and like the 15 minutes of fame, it was somebody that was really had something that they were truly passionate about. And so... I just think the mistake people made is number one, they, they don't really have a clearly defined goal. And if they do, it's maybe a little unrealistic. And so they set themselves up for disappointment. It just takes time. It takes time and work and effort. So that's why it's gotta be something you enjoy or else you will, 
you will say, I've had enough of this and move on to something else. You know, before we get you out of here, Tony, um, and this has been a great business talk, but yeah, I appreciate it. We want to switch it to sports a little bit. Now, I understand that it. you're a basketball coach and had some success. Lay it out for us. Well, I'm a huge sports nut my whole life. I played four sports in high school. I've always loved sports. I am a Michigan sports fan to a fault. You know, I've had lots of disappointment in my life. Um, I'm a Tigers fan. I'm a Lions fan. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. I'm a Red Wings fan. Uh, and so, I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, more years of disappointment than years of, uh, of, of cheering. But, um, but my favorite sport is, is really since middle school has been basketball. It's something I've been passionate about. It's probably the sport I had the most success at as a player. Um, and then, you know, about uh, eight, nine, seven, eight years ago, I had the opportunity to become a coach. I had sons that were coming up who loved basketball and they were still like in the middle school, junior high. And I thought if I'm ever going to get a chance to coach them, I got to take this gig now. It was also around the time I was starting my business. So I really didn't have time to take it on because it's a big commitment. You know, it's 25 to 30 hours a week during basketball season. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm the type of person that like obsesses over it. So I go home at night and I'm watching film and I'm thinking of ways to get the most out of the limited talent that I have. And, <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I started coaching about seven years ago. I coach a small Christian school right here in Corona, Emmanuel Baptist school. We play in the Michigan association of Christian schools. Um, we are a division two school. And uh, so we play against schools similar in our size schools between 75 and 250 students, somewhere in that range. Um, and, uh, we've competed well, uh, I said, I've been coaching seven years. We've been to four state championships. We've got to cut down the nets twice. Um, the two losses we had were both just heart wrenching heartbreakers. Um, but this last championship we won, we actually, it was the only time I've ever had all three of my sons on the same team because one was, one was a senior, one was a junior and one was a freshman. And my freshman was good enough to kind of make the team didn't play a ton, but they were on the same team. So I got to cut down the nets with my three sons, and it really was a cool comeback story because the year before we had lost to that same team by one point in the state championship. We came back the next year and played the same exact team. Uh, and they actually, my filmmakers, made a documentary called No Quit. That's kind of our team motto, and you can find it on YouTube. It's a, it's about a 55-minute documentary about the comeback story that we had, and it oh, is wow. incredible. They, it's like a 30 for 30. He did. So he made it look so much cooler even than it was. Um, but we've actually entered it in his film festivals and it's won some awards. Um, but yeah, you guys got to go check it out on our YouTube channel. It's called No Quit. It's a very inspiring sports story. Not just saying it because I was in it. Right. But it really was about how these young men were resilient and overcame adversity and uh, kind of came together under the mantra of no quit. And uh, we got to cut down the nets together. It's a pretty cool story. So yeah, I, I love coaching basketball. Every year when I do it, I'm like, this is going to be my last year because it's so much. But then I always sign up for again. And yep. my last son, my two oldest sons are graduated. And my youngest son is in 11th grade this year. So I think I'm going to go at least two more years. But then I have my daughter who is a freshman and she's probably my best athlete. And <laughs> I never saw myself coaching girls sports. Um, and I still don't know if I can do it, but I may get involved when he graduates. So we'll see. I think you'll awesome. like it even better in some aspects. Yeah. You know, they listen for sure to what you're it's telling. Unbelievable. <laughs> I helped the varsity coach last year with my daughter as an eighth grader actually got to play on the varsity team last year. Cause when you're a small school, sometimes right. you get to do that. Yeah, but she's a good ball player. And, um, and 
I got to run a few practices and it is true. The girls will do exactly what you tell them. Like you say, run into that wall. They'll, they'll do it. (laughs) They don't ask questions. So it's good that they obey or whatever, but sometimes they don't, you know, aren't able to like, just, you know, think through what's going on. But yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing. I mean, if I have a boy crying in practice, then it's just public (laughs) humiliation, right? We're going to just, we're going to just, but if it's a girl crying, it's a whole nother story. You feel bad and, you want to stop and let everybody go get a drink. So, but right. no, I love it. I love it. We're big basketball fans. Um, so yeah, I got, I got one more quick one. I, I, I thought yeah. I was going to be done. We started talking about sports. So really yeah. we could, we could do a whole other interview with you about just we'll line sports. him up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anytime. So, so I play basketball for Jared's dad at Corona. Jared obviously probably was coached his whole life by his dad, you know, yes. we've talked before about Juwan Howard coaching his sons and stuff at Michigan. Mm-hmm. What's the challenge of doing that, coaching your sons? Do you find yourself sometimes coaching them differently than the other players or because it's such a small school, you know, maybe it's not the same as if you've got like 40 kids to choose from, you know, what's, what's the challenge of having your sons on your team? That's a great question, man. Uh, This is so funny. I just was talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, You know, coaching my sons has given us some of the best memories. We got to cut down nets together and it's created some of the, most tumultuous times in our relationship as yeah. you know my wife actually had to establish a rule in our home that you know 24 hours we're not allowed to talk about the game afterwards whether it's a win or a loss because right. you know i we have a loss and i'm chewing the guys out in the locker room and then i'm just you know <laughs> on my boys all the way home and they don't want to hear it you know i found that like when my kids were younger everything dad said was gold you know i taught them almost everything they know about basketball took them to games, took them to camps. But then every one of them, right around the 10th grade year, they start reaching that point where they just don't want to hear it from dad anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I can either like um, just get upset with that and say, well, then you're just go or, you know, figure out how to, how to coach them successfully. And so I found in the team atmosphere around the guys, they respond really well to me in practice um i find i'm i'm certainly harder on my boys and everybody else even though i try not to be because i know what they're capable of and i know the work that they put in um but i would say you know as they've gotten to 10th grade like in in terms of individual training like right now my son who's 11th grade i have him working with a trainer because i find that like the one-on-one training it just creates friction like i can't i can't let anything go not even once and not correct it. Right. And so me correcting it wrong every single time, you just get to a point where you don't want to hear from your dad anymore. You know, even though dad taught you and even though dad knows, even though right. dad's taken us to these championships, you just, you know, and, and I think it's part of becoming a young man. You know, you just want to prove that I, I don't need, I don't need it. So what I've done to help that is I've put them in situations in the summertime where they're working with other coaches, maybe playing with other teams, doing a travel team where I can go watch and just be a fan. Um, and then when we get to the season, you know, in that team environment, it's very much like everyone's going to kind of get the same level of abuse. Um, <laughs> they, then they respond much more to it because, right. you know, they've been taught to be good team players, but it is a challenge. It is yeah. such a challenge to coach your boys as they get a certain age for sure. Last question, Tony, or not actually a question, it's self-promotion time. Tell our listeners, before we let you go, how to follow you, where you want them to go. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Again, thanks for having me. And listen, I've, for 110 episodes, I've been saying I'm going to do 30-minute episodes, and I think I've done it once. So it's, it's a challenge, especially like I said, when you talk about something you enjoy. 
Um, but yeah, AZ Branding Solutions, you can find us uh, pretty much on any social media platform. Uh, azee.co is our website. You can find us on Instagram at AZ Branding. You can find us at TikTok at AZ Branding, Facebook, AZ Branding Solutions. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Uh, you know, join our email list, do all the things. If you search us on Google, you're going to find us. Um, we're, we try to be everywhere. And if you're out there listening and you have a brand or you're thinking about starting a brand, or if you, a lot of people say, I have a business, I don't have a brand. Well, they're really the same thing. If you have a business, there is a brand and it may not be the one that you want it to be. But if you need help with that, uh, give us a call, stop into the place and see us. Uh, we'd be happy to just talk with you. It, my favorite thing, this is why I love the podcast. We talked about talking about something you're passionate about. My favorite thing is just sitting down with somebody and learning about their business. Go to Foster Coffee, have a cup of coffee, and just learn about your industry. Uh, and the cool thing is now, I don't even try to sell you something. I have a sales and marketing director now. So mm -hmm. if I think, oh, why don't we, you should buy something, I'll send him to visit you. <laughs> I just want to sit down with someone and have a cup of coffee and learn about your business and what you do. And so if somebody wants to sit down and have a cup of coffee, pick my brain. I love it. I'll even buy the coffee. But yeah, reach out to us and we'd, be, we'd love to meet you. Outstanding. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, we really appreciate uh, your partnership with us. And obviously, you can look behind me. The quality is second to none. We love it. So again, thanks for that. being with us, Tony. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Keep up doing what you're doing. I can't wait to get to episode 300. Let me know. You know. Do it. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center is the latest addition to the ever-growing Memorial Campus in Owasso, Michigan. For your youngsters, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of $150. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. Included with your membership is use of the SkyTrack, locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise theater, including treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. The three of us support and wholly endorse the Wellness Center. Many great classes are also available like yoga, rock and ride, cycling, step cardio boot camp, and tons more. For more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys, so the calendar has moved into August, which we know that means NFL camp is underway, college football and, and high school and everything too, but the big news for us anyway, is Lions seem to be getting a lot of buzz. I don't know yeah. if you guys are seeing, you know, whether you're reading online or watching ESPN, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing. I saw earlier today that I think it was the ESPN FPI. The Lions have a 46% chance to win the NFC North and they're, they have the fourth best odds in Vegas to win the whole <laughs> NFC. And when, when I'm seeing this stuff, you know, people at work, everyone knows that I'm a huge Lions fan. And they're just, you know, hyping me up. Hey, it's the Lions year, you know, you know, it's saying all that stuff. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to hear any of it. I do not want to hear any of it. I like it when the Lions fly under the, the radar. Obviously, it hasn't really worked out in the past because we, we know the history. But I don't know. What about you? Are you guys like excited? Are you buying into all the hype? Is this the year that is finally going to happen? Because what do you hear? All the stuff about Jamison Williams at practice right. that, you know, he's having a lot of trouble right now. I think it's a little overblown, obviously, but, you know, are you guys buying into the hype? I'm definitely excited. That's one thing that I tell people when they when they try and, you know, give me a glass of Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. I'm like, I think this is one of the more complete teams that we've seen the Lions have in a long time. I'll believe it when I see it, though. <laughs> that, that's all it comes down to. 
is Jared Goff going to have a year like he finished last season? And then, you know, is nothing stupid going to happen like what usually happens with the Lions? I'm excited, though. I, I will I, On the Williams thing real quick, I will say it's a bit concerning to me. Anytime – everybody – every time you go on Twitter, it's always a positive story on almost everybody out of minicamp. So-and-so looked great today. So-and-so, uh, you know, went three for three uh, in the red zone, you know, uh, segment for touchdowns. It's never good when you see negative stories because it's almost like how are you – James Williams is first-round pick. He should be lighting it up at practice, man. Um, it's not like he has something – some issues with catch mechanics, which I've never right. heard of. Whenever you hear that, basically that just means he has horrible hands, <laughs> which is concerning for a wide receiver. Um, obviously, we have the suspension. It just seems like every day with him there's a new story that's not good. And Punched so, a teammate. I, yeah, pushing a rookie DB because he broke up a pass that was intended for him. That's when you know things are going sideways when some snot-nosed rookie is really getting under your skin. I, I, that concerns me. With all that being said, everything else, the Lions, you know, to have the whole C.J. Gardner-Johnson scare, which is a weird story in itself, where you thought he was done for the year. A day later, it turns out he's going to be back in a couple days. Not really sure how that that got so sideways in in the news cycle. Um, But everything so far so good out of Lions camp. I mean, I'll say this in terms of my excitement level. I've never been more excited for a Lions season than I've been for like a Michigan football season. And, and that's kind of crazy to say because Michigan has a lot of hype this year as well. Yeah. But I am so looking forward to that Thursday night, you know, season kickoff against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then week two on 10 days of rest, they're going to play the Seahawks. So within two weeks, you're going to know what this team is. Yeah. Uh, and you just hope they win one of those games. If they win one of those games, you know, we're, we're sitting tight. We're looking good. So I just can't wait for this year to get underway. And I actually had this thought, you know, kind of ringing it back to catch up. I'm ready for summer to be over. I never want to <laughs> wish summer away. But once you hit August, it's it's the end of summer, man. When you were a kid, that's the start of football camp, yep. which you kind of dreaded, even though you love football. Uh, so I just I'm ready for summer to be over. Give me the Labor Day weekend. Give me the college football. Give me the NFL football. I can't wait. Yeah, and and to the Lions, and I can't I can't argue with what you're saying there, Jared. I'm counting down. You know, I'm one of these freaks that. Uh, I love preseason Lion football, man. I'm going to be watching every play of the Lions preseason. That's coming up, I think, the 11th. Yep. So, so uh, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm a very excited Lion fan, but I'm also cautiously optimistic. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of things that they can build upon last year, but we watched this team in the past. Let's hope the past is behind us. I think if Jared Goff comes anywhere near what he did, especially at the end of the season, like you said, if he just continues that consistency. And he should have confidence. He is yep. the Detroit Lions quarterback, and he has weapons to throw to. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm I definitely fired up, and I think this, you know, we'll get more into it as we get a little bit closer. I think this is a 10-11 win team right out of the should game. Be. Yeah. Yeah, it should I be. I mean, in the, the division's up for grabs. The Packers, obviously, no Aaron Rodgers. The Bears, is Justin Fields going to put it together? Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. I mean, they just kind of yeah. are who they are. So, really <laughs> – we don't want to get too excited, but this this should be the year. If, yeah. if there's going to be any year, this should be the year right. for the Lions. And I just – I can't wait to see – you know, I was the first guy bitching about the Gibbs draft selection. Yeah. As time has weared on and we kind of see how the running back position is kind of drafted and then repeated every four years or whatever, after you tag a guy, it, it seemed like a good pick to me. And it just – everything I'm hearing about him, he's faster than hell. He's being used all over the field, which we know mm-hmm. Ben Johnson is going to use. He's going to get the most out of his talent, so I'm not yeah. worried about how he'll be used. I can't wait to see what he'll do. Now, yeah. now I will say my one complaint: I hate his jersey number, number 26. 
if you're a speedster, <laughs> young, small guy, you need to be like a single digit number. Yeah. Number one, number nine, you know, number six, number three, number 26. It looks like he's like a running back out of math generation. So I just, I don't know. I, that's my one. <laughs> hey, a shot at Matt for a change. Okay. <laughs> well, because if weird numbers if was... they wore back in like the early 2000s, it was like number 26, Deuce McAllister or something. So. Right. If it was your generation, it would have been like number sixty-seven yes. running back or something right. like that with a with a leather helmet, right? Number ninety-eight, right? Did they even have numbers back then. Or was it just <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I think clearly we're all pretty excited for the Lions. Cautiously excited, cautiously optimistic, like you said. I think yeah. is the best way to go. Jared, you mentioned earlier about Michigan, obviously getting a lot of hype. It's funny to see though, like even again back to the ESPN FPI or some of the other projections. Everyone's still giving it the Big Ten and everything to Ohio State. Hmm. And it's just, you know, kind of funny sometimes because it's like Michigan's returning more talent than they have in the Jim Harbaugh era, back to back Big Ten titles, back to back playoff appearances. And you're still all over Ohio State. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Don't go yeah. ahead and hype the go ahead and hype them up. That's perfectly fine with me. Well, we got to talk though, the the Harbaugh thing. What four yeah. games, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know they should still win those games. Is that going to make him even more intense after he comes back? I mean, what hopefully. A, what a bunch of BS, though, huh? I mean, it's it's funny because he gets to practice with the team. He just can't be on the sidelines during the games. Right. So, I mean, he gets to be there all week during practice, put in the game plan, and then, you know, someone else is going to be the acting head coach during the game. I think, yeah, it's going to it's gonna maybe light a fire under his butt like we've talked about because mm-hmm. – the whole suspension thing, I mean, we don't have to go into all the details, but uh-huh. it's basically because he told the NCAA to F off and, right. you know, worry about other stuff. So knowing that, that's probably what he's going to do. There's probably nothing more that he wants than to have someone from the NCAA hand him a national championship trophy <laughs> How sweet would that be? at the end of the year. So <laughs> it's all ridiculous. I think it's going to end up being all you know, you know not much of anything i mean michigan has basically the easiest non-conference schedule of anyone uh, right. i think two back-to-back years they've had that which i love i've always been in support of that we saw it so many years where we played notre dame week one or two season was over you know at the very start so yeah. I, i've always been again i'm always in favor of the loose uh schedule um so basically he's missing nothing you know he's missing games against east carolina unlv bowling green and rutgers and rutgers uh so i'm not worried about them losing those games it's just it's annoying, man. It's such a stupid thing that he got, you know, that he's getting slapped on the wrist for. And of course, at, at the very first sign of trouble, you know, Michigan State fans, Ohio State fans, other people who everybody hates Harbaugh, basically acting like he, you know, committed treason. It's like, dude, he did nothing. <laughs> Bought right. burgers for some recruits, uh, and watched some players, you know, work out on his team via Zoom during COVID, which I think is a good right. thing. You wanted some more guidelines during COVID gives these kids some guidance, you know, yeah. Zoom, however you were doing it. I don't even understand why that's penalized. Well, let me ask um, you this. You said slap on the wrist. Are you saying because of the week schedule? Because four games, that's that's a pretty good chunk of the what do you season. Say? Did I, maybe I misspoke. I, like I'm saying the slap on the wrist was to the suspension. Or, oh. or, what, or did, maybe I misspoke. I don't know what you're referencing. I'm referencing when you said slap on the wrist. Games, I mean, right. four games isn't a slap on the wrist. No, it's it's a stupid suspension. I mean, right. I don't have to go through all the different examples of people who have done way worse things. Yeah. Meyer, who got right. a lot less less of a suspension. It's exactly right. what Matt said. They yeah, didn't yeah. like how he basically laughed at them for their you know accusations. Which we remember hearing about this like a year ago, and right. I kind of forgot about. it. I just figured, oh, I, I guess nothing's going to happen with it. Uh, no, nope, we were wrong. But I think it's going to be similar to kind of the Tony Anise fair state situation where. Mm-hmm. 
you would hope it puts a little bit more of a chip on this on, a, on this team's shoulder, which they didn't necessarily need. I mean, TCU beat them. Georgia right. probably would have slapped them. They already have the whole beat Georgia drill in spring training or in, in uh, spring practice. So, you know, hopefully it just gives them a little bit more of a jolt of energy. And hopefully it's not too much of a distraction. You know, it's going to be all the questions those first four weeks uh, for those players and whoever takes over the reins. I mean, who do you guys think might be the interim coach? Is it Mike Hart? That'd be kind of a funny little storyline. Mike Hart seems to be the guy or Sharon Moore, who's the offensive line coach. He, he's he been in the it seems like every offseason the last couple of years he was in the name or in the, the running for other head coaching positions. It seems like he might be the guy, but it could be Mike Hart, too. Could they go co? Yeah, they probably could. Maybe they do something like that. They kind of do a two a couple head coaches, kind of give a you know two guys a an opportunity anyway, offensive yeah, and defensive or exactly. something. But, yeah. but but Matt, you teased what Valeni said, so I'll I'll read that off real quick because yeah. uh, this is not related. Basically, this came after they announced the Michigan State versus Michigan game is going to be a night game, which that's awesome. I love that. It is. Uh, I I do love my noon kicks for Michigan, but. If we're not going to have the you know the big show with Gus and Joel, then give me the night game on NBC. So night here's game what he on said: NBC too. Yeah. Uh, so he said, "Here's the PSA I would offer, and it's not hyperbole. I will say I was going to come to his defense because I was going to say, you know, this was clearly hyperbole, but it's kind of funny that he prefaced everything by saying <laughs> it's not hyperbole. So I can't say <laughs> that. I'm being real with you because people are nuts, and I don't contone what all people do, but I'm just telling you, friendly advice: if you're a Michigan fan, don't be there. He's referencing going to the Spartan Stadium at night." For Michigan game, don't be there. Don't bring the woman and children. Don't be there. Don't show up in your egregious butter themed t shirt garb. Don't be there. It's the equivalent of playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes. So, I'm gonna say two things real quick for you guys chime in. One, I think it was maybe a little over exaggerated the outcry against this. Was it very dumb to say yes? And I say that knowing I love Villani, I stand by almost everything he says. I know saying that he could come on this podcast and talk circles around me uh, for why I'm an idiot for having that opinion. But anyway, it was a dumb thing to say. Do I think it was maybe a little over-exaggerated? Yes, but flat out, it's just an idiotic thing to say. Right. Uh, secondly, who's ever gone to Spartan Stadium, or even the big house for that matter, and said, this is a hostile environment? Right. And it's not that at all. It's like, you bring your kids, bring your family, Ted, bring your nieces, or not your nieces, bring your grand granddaughters, and they'll have a great time at this game. Put them on, put them all the Michigan gear you want to. Who's ever walked into any of those uh, Big Ten environments, maybe a Penn State night game, uh, and said this is a hostile environment. So just a dumb thing to say, really, any way you slice it. What do you guys make of it? Yeah, I wonder if it stems from the whole tunnel incident last year at the big house with the players, or if he's more referring to the tailgate scene. Because, right, inside the stadium, whether it's Spartan Stadium or the big house, it doesn't seem to be super hostile. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it will be this year. I don't know. My thing, so you guys obviously know I'm – I'm not the biggest Valenti fan. Obviously, like you said, he's very talented at what he does. That's why he has the show that he does and the platform that he does. I don't take much of what he says seriously. I think he's just out there trying to fire out hot takes. He clearly is biased against Michigan and some other teams, and he lets that affect his opinion. And that's partly why I don't take much of what he says very seriously. The issue that I have, so so that's why when he said all that kind of stuff, I kind of just laughed it off and it was just like, this is just sounds like another Spartan slappy talking trash and, you know, whatever. Who really cares what he has to say about this? My biggest problem with what he said was this is somebody who has a very big following and has a very big platform, not just in, in Detroit, you know, local radio sports, but, you know, they kind of have a national brand. A lot of his stuff, you know, people listen to nationally 
and he is a very well-known radio personality for the opinions that he gives. And, you know, you, you give him all the credit in the world for, for building up that brand that we, you know, like we talked to Tony Nash about and, you know, having that platform that he does give him credit for that. The problem I have is when people like that use that platform to say things like that, almost like inciting riots because yeah, us three and maybe some other people can laugh it off or be like, whatever, who really cares? But some of his listeners are going to take that seriously and they're going to be like, maybe they were going to go to Spartan stadium as Michigan fans, but now they're not going to because they think that their family's going to get into a fight or maybe some ridiculous Spartan fans are going to say, yeah, if I see anyone in Michigan shirts, I'm going to chalk <laughs> trash and I'm going to throw beer bottles at them and I'm going to try and start a fight. That's my issue. Most sane people can listen to what he says and either laugh it off or be like, yeah, this game's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. But to use the platform that you do, like he, like what he has, and say that kind of stuff, that's the issue that I have. Because some people are going to listen to it, and they're going to take it seriously. And they're going to try and start fights. And that's, that's what I say. It, it's an irresponsible thing to do. I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, the week that he did that, actually, at work, Paul Feinbaum had this little like seminar thing with some interns, some high school students, some college students that are trying to get into the business. And one of the many things that he talked about, one of, one of the things that he talked about was how in his time, obviously, how things have changed from like just newspaper to, you know, what it is now. Technology and the way people get their content has changed dramatically over his time. But the one thing that hasn't changed is if you are the person in position to be reporting the news, whether it's sports news, you know, whatever, you have a responsibility to your listeners, to your readers, to your viewers to not give them false news, to not lie, to not make stuff up and to not do stuff like that, to try and sway them in a way that they're going to start fights with other fans. And that, you know, it's funny that I heard Paul say that at work and then this stuff happened with Valenti and everything else. So that's my biggest issue. I really couldn't care less what he actually said. I think he's just kind of a loudmouth on the radio. But to think that there's probably people who heard what he said and they're going to try and start fights or they're going to stay away from the game because of it, that's that's the bigger issue to me. Yeah, I mean, maybe we need to get Jared's brother Josh on this. You know, if we go back one year to that game, and you remember we talked about it, that, that rivalry, if you want to call it that, it has turned – so ugly it, it has. really has and if it turned ugly with the players and the coaches fans are soon to follow and valenti yeah. even though jared you said and he did say this is not hyperbole i think it was he yeah. he, he knew it was going to get all kinds of uh air time and you know it gets ratings it's going to get people talking about it it's exactly what he does he's good at it there's no question yeah. about it but it I'm, I'm kind of on the line on the line of matt that it's kind of inciting things i mean we aren't right. that far away from january 6 for god's sakes i right. mean you incite the crazy people out there a 7 30 game after tailgating all day you don't have to incite them it's going to be it's going to be a little rugged i think you know there's yep. gonna be a lot of drunk people around that stadium at that time of night so yep. i don't know yeah that, get... that's my problem because we talked about how nasty it's gotten and you know we we're on twitter we see the ridiculous back and forth that people mm -hmm. get into and like you said, I, I think it's just fueling the fire is basically what it's doing, whether yeah. it's a national, you know, Detroit radio sports radio host or all the people on Twitter talking trash to each other. It's just fueling it. 
it used to just kind of be a fun rivalry. I mean, Ted, you yeah. remember? Yeah, heck yes. Yeah, there was, you know, there was some back and forth and stuff, but for the most part, Michigan, Michigan State fans would live together, went to school together, would house divided was always like a funny thing that everyone right. joked about. They had the right. flags in their front yard and stuff like that. And it, it didn't used to be like what it is right now. It kind of turned, don't you think? I mean, maybe, I may be wrong. I, I don't have research in front of me. When Mike Hart started the whole little brother thing, and then D'Antonio, he, yep. he took that right to the bulletin board and took it to the Wolverines who were having some <laughs> it's, problems. It's been on the bulletin board for, for 20 years. <laughs> I yeah. know. but um, you know, So it must have been a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. I think it's something to do with Har- like Harbaugh. People like he's just such a you know polar. People have they hate him or they love him. Right. Uh, so I just think most state fans have freaking hated him. And it's, and I think part of that is because we we you know we kind of crown him as the savior. He's become he that has been. In, a, in a sense. But it was shaky for the first you know five years after right. we were so happy right. when he was hired. Um, it will be a it will be a fun environment. Uh, not a not a violent environment. I have never not. went to Spartan Stadium and felt unsafe. Or so right. I don't think that's the issue. That's definitely I. Uh, hyperbole, but uh, I mean, you look back at last year, and it's funny you kind of jog my memory on it. How that game went down, think about it. You know, they could hardly score. Michigan just spanked them around, and then the way it ended with the whole brawl in the Tell locker room, Harbaugh coming out, you know, saying how oh, these guys should be arrested. I mean, <laughs> that is probably the most embarrassed state has ever been as a you know fan base with what right. happened a year yeah. ago. So they will definitely be. It will be on fire. That's why I love that it's a night game. I think we all love that. But to say that there, it's going to be unsafe for women and children, I mean, dude, get a grip. I mean, right. what are we talking about? Yeah. Just, you know, you could say it's going to be a great environment. Just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had Volente and then we had Pat McAfee. We don't even need to get into that, but it was quite a week for uh, talking heads, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Quickly, quickly, before we move to Tedertainment tonight, a uh, little, little baseball news. I mean, the Tigers traded Lorenzen to the Phillies for, uh, what, high class A infield prospect i guess we'll see what happens with him yep. eduardo rodriguez though turned down a trade with the dodgers who knows what goes on there i mean he likes it in detroit uh, i know there's been some issues you know with the family or something but it's kind of good actually to see him stay i think yeah the the lorenzen thing he was just a rental player anyway his right. contract was running up there's no way they were going to bring him back so at least they got a player that hopefully pans out I did see Rodriguez, so he had a 10-team no-trade clause. There were 10 teams that he could deny a trade to. It's just kind of funny, and the Dodgers were one of them, obviously. He said that he denied it because of of his family, because of happiness, because of like work environment type stuff. So I don't know if that's more he wanted to stay in Detroit or he did not want to go to L.A., you know, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'll just read what exactly what Eduardo said today after he start, uh, you know, pitched a pretty solid game win. today. Two, yeah. yeah, two earned runs in six innings. Uh, you know, he said basically, I mean, I quote unquote, I mean, I feel like we had a couple conversations about it, but the details of the trade wasn't where I wanted for me and my family. I decided to stay here in Detroit. So basically, the rumors are reading in between the lines of what seems to happen is there was some conversation between Rodriguez and Scott Harris earlier in the day. Uh, you know. We might be trading you to, to L.A. Is this something you'd be willing to do? Clearly, I would guess, you would hope that this is probably what happened. You know, Erod said something like, yeah, that's that's probably good with me. We could maybe make it work. Mm-hmm. The trade gets all the way to the 11th hour, and he backs out. Erod says, no, I don't want to go to L.A. Because it would be concerning, and I, there's no way this happened, but it would be concerning if they went through all that legwork and never got 
confirmation from Eduardo that he would waive his no trade clause. Yes, so it you would. just hope that you know there was some change of heart, some conversation he had with his family that changed his tune. But if they went through all this work, not even running it by him, then just flat out, what the hell is going on? Right. Amen. And uh, lastly, in baseball, I just wanted to throw this out there, man. The Mets, boy, a couple signings didn't quite work out for him. Scherzer <laughs> going to the Rangers and Verlander back to the Astros. Wow, that didn't last long, did it? Just did not work out. <laughs> Classic Mets. It's, it just well, seems that's like the only way to describe a season from hell, really. <laughs> it's a season from hell. Absolutely. All right, that's enough uh, baseball talk. Let's wrap it up with a short entertainment tonight right after these messages. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, so as usual, Jared, you've joked about how you and I hijack Ted's segment here sometimes but he teased that he saw barbie so i, w- I want to hear this review on because before yeah. i feel like you were saying you were not going to watch that movie but so a week or two ago i mentioned that my wife and i started watching true detective mm-hmm. on hbo or max and we finished that first season the one with mcconaughey and and uh woody harrelson and, and man you guys were not kidding i wish they would have done five seasons with those two because yeah. it was amazing it was one of those shows that you you could have binged all in one night because you just want to go boom, 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 knock them all out. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, I'm sure you do, but you know, this is no spoiler. It came out in 2014. So if you haven't watched it, you know, that's on you. But uh, they were trying to start to lead to that McConaughey was the one they were trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, make it seem like that he was actually the one in on all this kind of stuff. And my wife and I, the whole time we were just like, no way. He's too too much of a likable character. There's no way that he's in on it. They're setting him up that he's so smart and everything at what he does as a detective. And we were just like, there, there's just no way that ma- there's going to be the crazy spin at the end where McConaughey is the one doing all this ridiculous stuff. We were right in that. And, you know, it, it, it turned out that there's this whole sicko family thing going on and McConaughey and, and Woody Harrelson, you know, they kind of get out. We were, we were kind of a little eh on how it ended. Yeah, you know, like breaking out of the hospital. We were like, oh, we wanted to see a little more. Like, did they get back into being detectives? Did they just ride off into the sunset? You know, what kind of happened there? But overall, man, I would give that a three out of three. That first season, Amen. three out of three on the three point podcast scale. That was there was, a, it was a, almost a flawless season of television for eight episodes. I did see though. The second season has Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. It's, it shouldn't fall off that much, right? I mean, that's a, a couple good characters. But I, I say it's worth watching, Matt. Yeah. I, I've, I watched all of them, and it, maybe the last season wasn't that good, but that second season was decent. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. We'll, we'll probably do it. Okay. But, yeah, anyway, there's mine. True right. Detective. If you yep. haven't watched it, watch it. Three out of three. Uh, before I get into my, my spiel, I want to clarify something. 
uh, Jared brought up last week, more than once, I guess he's brought up about, uh, I can't, can't be entertainment if I'm not going to these premier movies. Okay. Let me <laughs> just know, set the record for a whole week. No, let me just, let me just set the record straight. When I started this whole thing, the whole idea was, okay, I'm a 67 year old guy. I love TV and movies. I love music. I love different things. So I thought, okay, this would be a good way just for me to say what I like. I'll review things that I happen to watch on television or a concert review. And, you know, you may have the same opinion. You may say I'm totally off base, but that was the whole point of it. It wasn't to go to every premiere movie. Now, with, <laughs> no. now, with that being said, I did go see Barbie. Now, yeah. I I originally was, I was on vacation, right? I was on vacation before our whole, whole on away thing. And it was, uh, Thursday night, and I said to the wife after we had a nice dinner and nice cruises, I told you about. I said, "Hey, let's go to a movie. You know, it's let's see what let's see if we go see Oppenheimer." So I we checked it out in Petoskey. We had already missed it the last showtime. So then we I said, "Well, when's Barbie play? Nine ten. So I said, "Great, we'll go see Barbie." Uh, and I gotta tell you, it was it was good. It was good blockbuster good i'm not so sure about that i mean let's face it uh you know uh barbie herself margot robbie huh she is just stunning she is just mm -hmm. one stunning woman and she was a perfect barbie i mean at one time uh amy schumer was signed up to play barbie and i you know it would probably would have put a real funny spin on it right but it, but uh robbie is barbie all the way and she was good uh ryan gosling stole the show i think as ken <laughs> I mean, he was hilarious. I don't. I don't know if you saw it, right, Jared? No, I haven't seen Barbie yet. Just mad of you yet? No, we definitely want to though. Ryan Gosling's great. I I love uh, Michael Sarah. He's he yeah. had didn't have enough. They, there wasn't enough of him in this. He is just so funny. But I thought the movie, the the, the graphics, the way it was shot, it was really really good. So I would say, Ted the Sports Guy, two point seven. On, on the been, rating, it's good. One is it? Is it a musical? No, no. Okay, it's, that's great. I I thought maybe that it was a musical, um, which I would have been out on before I ever even saw it. Yep. Did um, you think we don't have to give? We don't have to go into an opinion on maybe nope. which way they went. But did you think the movie got a little too political, which is some people's criticism of it? Um, I didn't think it was political. I thought it was obviously feminist okay? okay and i have no problem with that i mean i'm a girl dad a, a girl granddad right. uh, it definitely had that slant which is all right girl power baby yeah. i mean i mean that's I, the I whole barbie that's like the barbie brand too yeah <laughs> right? so i didn't really see too much else that was okay. really too political will ferrell was pretty funny you know the way they yeah. played off mattel played them off kind of like buffoons i don't know if that was intentional or i guess it was right but it, it was an entertaining movie if you want to go see it a summer movie Check yeah. it out. Barbie's all right. The, I, I heard, I mean, you mentioned stole the show and funny. I heard there's actually like, there's some really funny moments. Like some of the jokes are pretty, pretty oh, yeah. good. Maybe not for young people, but pretty good. Well, think of this. It's Barbie, right? So, so Margot Robbie plays the main Barbie, but you know, there was all these other right. Barbies in the, in the doll world, you know, and they're, they're all Barbie in the movie and there, there's all these different Ken's there's Ken, you know, and, uh, Michael Sarah played Alan, you know, and it, it was perfect. It <laughs> who was is perfect. Alan? Like everybody says that, like, is that like some certain Barbie character I'm supposed to know or something? Or well, yeah, it's, it's a Barbie doll. You know, they had Ken. 
So they had to come up with another man doll. So Alan was one of them that, you know, nobody bought. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so, so it was pretty good. Also yeah. want to send, want to give a shout out to Chi Town. Okay. They play live this Saturday, August 5th, down at the infield at Michigan International Speedway. How about that? It's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That is awesome. Yeah. And finally, you can comment on this, Jared. I know you posted something. Fez from Euphoria died. Yeah. Did he, did he, was it suicide or drugs? I, or I don't drug? know if they officially, I mean, there's rumors. I don't, they haven't officially said what the cause of death was. I mean, that's what people are theorizing. Yeah. Um, bad, dude. I mean, you, you, you know, if you haven't seen Euphoria, you have no idea who he is, but I think that's really the only thing he's been in. But I think uh, he stole the show, really. He really was a great character. And I don't think he had any acting, acting experience. And right. so, you know, he just really did kind of steal the show in the scenes that he was in. So just, yeah, really sad to hear that. Apparently yeah. his dad passed away. Um, a week ago, and maybe that had something to do with kind of you know things taking a turn. It did, yeah, sure. it's, it's depressing, man. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. You guys got anything else on uh, this segment? I think we've yeah. we do it every week. I guess we might as well just say we're an hour and a half podcast, right? Yep. Basically. All right. Well, this has been the Three Point Podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Sign up for a membership, get yourself healthy. Also, want to thank our uh, local partners, AZ. Uh, branding solutions jacobs insurance agency welcome to the team yep. nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill all kinds of good things happening there success group mortgage and servicing i saw jim woodworth today at the closing and uh cory shook and associates real estate services again welcome to the podcast we want to thank tony nash of az branding solutions for joining us a very interesting chat with him don't forget to follow us on the socials at three point pod follow our follow our youtube channel and uh you know you can comment to us via email at three point pod at gmail.com peace and love everybody be kind thanks for listening Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.